Last week we began a short series, two parts, Lord willing, on the image of God and what it means to be image bearers of God. Last week we tried to answer, I tried to answer the question for you, what does it mean to be made in the image of God? And this week I want to cover what the attacks are on the image of God. We talked about the image of God and how we are all made in God's image and we are to be mirrors. And so we had an example, and if you weren't here last week, I'm really sorry, you should have probably watched this other sermon before you came. Some of these things might not make sense, but I will try to connect it for you. So we had somebody come forward and hold this mirror as we talk through how being made in the image of God ultimately means we are to reflect God's glory and reflect the image that's been given to us to the world. And Adam and Eve were able to do that perfectly until the fall, and then sin entered in. And it made that image tainted. And the more that sin has come, the more that that mirror gets messy. And we said that this is humanity, but it doesn't stop being a mirror just because of the sin or just because it's not reflecting as well. Still a mirror. And then as we talked, we said that Christ comes in our lives and we are made new. We are made alive because we're all dead spiritually, according to Ephesians. And so Christ comes in and he makes us alive. And part of what we're to reflect, we certainly reflect the image of God and just how we're created, but we're also to reflect spiritually. We can't do that when we're dead. So we need Jesus to make us alive and then he renews us. We're conformed to the image of Jesus. And so these things are slowly, slowly, slowly wiped away. But is it ever going to leave fully in this life? No. But one day, it's coming. No more sin. Not even the presence of sin anymore. And then we will reflect together around the throne. We will reflect the glory of God perfectly. But until that day, we have a fight. A fight with the world, a fight with the devil, and a fight with our own flesh. I explained to you last week that Christ is that perfect image of God, the one that Adam was supposed to be, but Adam fell. And Christ is seated at the right hand of God. All authority has been given to him, and we are being conformed to his image as that mirror is being wiped. But what I need you to understand today, before we jump into chapter 3 of Genesis, that the world and the devil are against God. The world, kind of like as we were going through our Daniel series talking about Babylon, the world, the system of the world is against God. The devil does not want God to receive glory. Thus, the, the world and the devil work in tandem together to try to stop God from being glorified. They try hard for people not to become Christians, because when you become spiritually alive, then you would glorify God, so they don't want that. But then if you are a Christian, they try to stop you from glorifying God that way. But there's other attacks just on humanity that are taking place that I want to cover today. Because again, as humans, whether you're a Christian or not, you are still made in the image of God and still a mirror that should reflect aspects of His glory. So, let's look at Genesis chapter 3 today. And we'll be in a couple of texts, but I want to start here. 
Genesis chapter 3, if you're not familiar with the Bible, Genesis chapters 1 and 2 talk about how God created everything. In six days, he created everything. On the seventh, he rested from his creation, not because he was tired, but to establish a pattern. No new creation at that point, giving us the pattern for working six days and resting one day. Some of you are like, yeah, but I like to take six days off. That's not good. You should work six, whatever that looks like, not necessarily your job that you're being paid for. There's other work and rest one day. So in Genesis 1 and 2, God creates everything, animals, he creates the stars, he creates humans, and everything is good. It's very good. And then we get into chapter 3. Let's read through the text together and see what God may have for us today. Genesis chapter 3, beginning in verse 1. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, now watch this, this is the key. He said to the woman, did God actually say you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but God said you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it lest you die. But the the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Let me make a comment here. This is the trickery of the devil. God was holding something good from you. Trust me, God God knows He's holding something from you. And He started it with just a little question. Did God really say to bring a bit of doubt into God's word and then saying God's withholding something good from you? So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. And she also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate. She took her eyes off of God and looked to the tree, and it looked good. So she took and ate, and notice gave to her husband. Notice who Satan goes after. He goes after the wife. Should have been the husband in that place, dealing with the serpent. But he was there, but he didn't do what he was supposed to do. And so she did what she thought was right, And then he also took and ate. He was there. Then the eyes of both were opened and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths. And they heard a sound sound of the Lord and God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? got to be awkward it's got to be an awkward moment right god knows where he is god knows where you are he will many times come to you and ask questions so you know where you are and he said i heard the sound of you in the garden and i was afraid that never existed before 
before sin. There was not, he was not afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. He said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? And the man said, of course, that is exactly what I did and I take ownership for it. And I confess that to you. And I'm the leader and so I will take the blame. That's exactly what he said, isn't it? The man said, the woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me fruit of the tree and I ate. We love that one. We love going to the other people. I did this because of that. No, you did that because you did that. Then the Lord God said to the woman, what is this that you have done? The woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. It's the serpent, which is true. He's involved. But she's still ate. Then the Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock and above all beasts of the field. On your belly you shall go and dust you shall eat all the days of your life. I will put enmity between you and the woman and between, watch this, your offspring, your seed, someone who's going to come, and her offspring, and he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. The first promise of Christ coming. To the woman, he said, I will surely multiply your pain and childbearing. In pain you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be contrary to your husband, but he shall rule over you. You're going to desire to be the head in your home, but he's supposed to lead. But all the, the days of your life, the curse will be, you're going to try to switch that. And to Adam, he said, because you have listened to the voice of your wife, and have eaten of the tree of which I have commanded you, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. In pain you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face you shall eat bread till you return to the ground. For out of it you were taken, for you are dust, and for the dust you shall return. Death has entered. Spiritual death has entered. Physical death has now answered. Has now entered. The man called his wife's name Eve because she was the mother of all living. Verse 21, And the Lord God made for Adam and for his wife garments of skins and clothed them. Do you ever notice that for them to be clothed with skin, there had to be a sacrifice immediately? Death has come, sin has come, and God is already covering them foreshadowing to Christ covering us for our sin. Then the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become like one of us in knowing good and evil. Now lest he reach out his hand and take also from the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore the Lord God sent him out of the Garden of Eden to work the ground from which he was taken. He drove out the man and at the east of the Garden of Eden he placed the cherubim and a flaming sword that turned every way to guard the way to the tree of life. Because if they stayed there and ate, it would have been eternal separation from God. And the Messiah needed to come, so they had to be out. So he could come and be the tree of life for us. That is the fall. That is why our mirrors are messy. That is why we do not reflect God as we should. But the attack began with, did God really say? 
and getting them to doubt what God had said. See, what happens is Satan tries to get us to focus on other things. And then we doubt God's word. We de-emphasize his word. He distracts us from his word. And this is an attack on truth. It starts with going on what God has said. And guess what, friends? It ain't changed. The attack is still, did God really say? And right now, we are seeing this attack. We have been seeing, but we're seeing it clearly now. And Christians are buying in. They're starting to go, well, maybe, maybe God is holding something from us. Maybe this tree is good, even though God said it's not good for us. Maybe God really didn't say these things. Nothing has changed, friends. So, I have seven key areas that I believe that the image of God is being attacked today. I want to share them with you explain a little bit about them, and then address how we are to live in light of it, okay? So, number one, seven key areas the image of God is being attacked. Number one, creation. God created everything, and that's the attack. If you read Genesis 1, you cannot read it and go, I'm not really sure there was a six-day creation. (laughs) If you read Genesis 1 and 2, you read them without something else influencing you, You walk away going, six days creation, one day rest. That's what you do. Now, if you buy into the world, the system, and other things telling you, well, look around. Science doesn't match that. Be careful. Oh, no. I don't know if God really meant that. Did he really say that? Maybe there was like a couple million years gap between one day and another day. You cannot read it straightforward and get there. You have to take something else filter the Bible through that, a worldview, to get to creation didn't really happen that way. This is why connected to Darwinism, that we're not really, there's not really God, we're not really created by God. When this thing starts to slip and people go away from the word of God, you end up, well, there's not really a God and we're just some kind of some mucus thing and we've just evolved to this. And it makes no sense when you study it and you look around. I told some of you on study the other night how I was driving out by the airport and it was remarkable, beautiful out there, passing Phil Parker's house. Hey, Phil, how we doing? Keep going. And I look and those little rocks are stacked on one another. There's six of them right there stacked up perfectly. And there's five over here and four over here. I said, wow, that's so amazing that those randomly did that without any help whatsoever. They just stacked themselves. No, we don't look at that and say that. No, because we know when things have order that they've been created. So the attack has started a long time ago on creation. That's the foundation. Let's get truth out of here. They're teaching it in our schools and we've allowed it. That one's on us. All of a sudden, there's no authority and there's no morality. There's no God, then there's no moral law then you can do whatever you want. Attacking the image of God. Gender. Shared this with you last week. Flip back to Genesis 1 real quick. (laughs) 
starting in verse 26 of Genesis chapter 1, then God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish, and of the sea, and of the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them. Folks, my daughter's six years old. She can read that and understand it. It's not hard. Two genders, male, female. Conversation's over. Unless you listen outside and go, did God really say that? And truth that has now become relative and you are whatever you think you are. Do you know that there are people now, not only that try to identify as a different gender than they are, you have people now who are identifying as animals. This is a real thing. They identify as a fox or a wolf. So in God's created order, there's an attack there now. Not just gender, but now species. You even have some friends that are identifying as plants. Here's the thing, it's going to keep going. You know why? Because once you get away from truth, it just keeps going. I'm going to identify soon as a millionaire. That'd be awesome. I'd identify as somebody who's lost about 10 more pounds than I have right now. That'd be great. People are trying to identify as different ethnicities, which we're going to get to in just a moment. Attacking what God has made. Two genders, this is how it is. Christian, if you're a follower of Christ, you cannot move on this. It's biblical. Should we be surprised that the world would think this way? No. It's darkness. Darkness doesn't understand light. We understand, okay. Our job is to go preach the gospel so that they would turn to light and then understand these things. We shouldn't be surprised. What should be shocking is that somebody would say, I'm a follower of Jesus, but I believe there's a thousand genders. Nope. Not according to the word of God. God really said male and female. Marriage and sexuality. God put Adam and Eve together. This is what marriage is. One man, one woman, period, done. But did God really say that? He might have said that, but he didn't take into account all the changes that would come. He, he must have not really known that our culture would change, and so obviously, obviously these things must be okay. You could marry multiple people. You can have male, male, female, female. No, guess what? Marriage is defined already. You don't get to redefine it. Some of you saw the Facebook page this morning. Beautiful picture of the church with a rainbow in the background. Guess what? Rainbow has a meaning. All the way back in Genesis. It doesn't change just because some people want to change it. Marriage doesn't change just because some people want to change it. Two marry multiple people. No, one man, one woman, done deal. You start to slip on that Christian when you take the worldview and start to filter the Bible through that. And you go, did God really say? Spoiler alert, yeah, he really said. Sexuality. That is something that is beautiful inside of a marriage. That's where it's supposed to stay. All forms of it otherwise are wrong. Expressing yourself in those ways would be sin biblically. Christian, that's where it is. We don't move on it. The roles of men and women. We had to fight. We got to fight hard to make sure that a woman can do everything a man can do. There were some things that needed to change, certainly. There have been abuses 
that have happened throughout history. But make no mistake, throughout the Scriptures, God has made man and God has made woman, and we are equal in worth, different in how we're made to complement and display the glory of God. If everyone's a whole, oh, everyone's like men, that's not going to display the glory of God. Some of you women are like, amen, that ain't going to display the glory of God. No. Both are beautiful. As one pastor uses the analogy, women are the Ming vase, men are the sledgehammers. <laughs> women are beautiful and have great worth. And in some ways, like a Ming vase, fragile and different and we're to protect and Adam failed in that. And sometimes we fail and we take the sledgehammer and we hit the vase that we should be protecting. Scripture is clear that we are different but equal. It's how God's designed it. And the world would tell you, no, 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 we all have to be the same. Don't buy in. That's not what Scripture says. Racism. Friends, first of all, I've said this, some of you heard me say this before, there's one race. That, that word shouldn't even exist. That'd be like you're an alien and you don't like humans. That's what that, not racism, no. Discrimination against other ethnicities is sin, yes. That's where sin has entered. God has made us different. And actually, what the world's trying to tell you there is no, there shouldn't be these differences. No, there should be differences. You shouldn't be treated differently because of that, but there should be differences. There's differences in language, in culture, in color of skin, and the way that these different ethnicities do things, and it's glorious, and it shows the diversity of our God. It's beautiful. And it's why all tribes, tongues, and nations will be around the throne. And the world, through critical race theory and other things, are going to try to mess that up and twist it. No, the Scripture is clear. Has, has there been things that have been done wrong in discrimination? Of course. Just like there's been marriages that haven't been done rightly. And creation has fallen. That's because of sin. That doesn't mean you throw out the truth of God's Word. Should we be surprised that the world does this? No. Because they're darkness. What should surprise us is that Christians would go along with this. No. We don't. Abortion, euthanasia, genocide. Killing babies in the womb. Killing older people because they're not of use to us any longer. Then it will be killing people because they're not useful to society the way society defines it. It's that same slope that will keep going, friends. Everybody is made in the image of God. It may be a very, very, very small mirror. It may be a mirror that's been around a little while. Everyone made in the image of God. So the Christian cannot get behind anything that has to do with killing the innocent. From inside the womb at conception all the way until somebody goes into the tomb, we are pro-life. I don't mean politically. I mean biblically. That's who we are. And there's no other thing. But the world will try to tell you many different things on that one. Because they don't understand what it means to be a mirror. We do. So we cannot go along. The purpose for humanity. 
I believe this has been attacked and will continue to be attacked. Why we actually exist. The world will tell you. And, and our country would tell you. Health, wealth, happiness, the pursuit of what you want. Whatever makes you happy, that's your truth. You need to follow your truth. No. There's the truth. It's what God has said. And we are made in His image and we are made to glorify Him. That's it. You want to know, again, you want to know what your meaning in life is? You're like, I'm not sure. I'm here today because I'm not sure what my meaning in life is. To know God through Christ. Glorify Him. Enjoy Him. And spread His fame among everybody. That's, your, that's why you exist. And if we hear one more time, follow your heart, we're going to throw up. <laughs> but watch out. Because it's, that's the message everywhere. And you guys go home and you watch television and you watch stuff. And believe me, depending on what you're watching, which is just about everything, it's telling you a different story than these things. I'm not saying you can't enjoy things that are out there, but you better be focused on the Word of God. There needs to be more Word of God than anything else, and you need to be critical of what you're watching because it's convincing. And we need to watch what our kids are watching. And it goes back to even what they're being taught in the school systems. Those things are of the world. It doesn't mean there aren't good teachers who don't, aren't trying to help. But they're still systems of Babylon. So they're going to go against these seven things and others. And then we're so busy with sports and everything else going on that you don't sit down and have any time with your children and grandchildren and nieces and nephews. So what happens is Romans 1, 18 through 25, here's what's taking place, friends. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have, clearly, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world and the things that have been made. So they are without excuse. For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, here's the world, claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. Here's what happens for all of humanity before you are in Christ. You exchange the truth for a lie. That's what is happening. That's what Satan wants you to do. And then you become a Christian and you actually now understand the truth, but then the battle is still there trying to get you each and every day to exchange what God has for you with the things of the world still. And your flesh is right there too, still wanting it. This is the problem. Sin enters, we have a sinful nature, so we exchange the truth for a lie. This is why the world cannot understand. We have to tell them what is going on. We have to tell them what the truth is. They may reject it. That's not on you. Your job is to share. God's job is to work. We're called to be faithful. 2 Timothy 3, 1-5, watch this. But understand this, that in the last days, and we know from other passages, the last days, there's the last day that's coming. These are the last days from Jesus' time all the way through now. We're in the last days. It's like, this is a long day. Yeah, it's long days. But to the Lord, as Peter talks about, 
One day, thousand years, thousand years a day. God is slow in his bringing of wrath on this place, giving people time to repent. And so, amen, that he didn't come back the day before you got saved. And I got saved, <laughs> right? So, Lord, we want you to come back, but we also want to share so people get saved. But watch this. In these last days, there will come times of difficulty. Any difficulty out there? A little bit? Okay, good. For people will be, watch this, watch this. This is, why we know, this is written, what, what do you got, 2,000 years ago? Watch this. People will be lovers of self. <laughs> lovers of money. Check. Proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents. Again, that, blows your, that should blow your mind that it's in this list. That's how you know a, a culture's gone. Parents don't even obey anymore. I mean, children don't obey. Parents, we're trying to get parents to obey children. Ungratefulness. Unholiness. Heartless. Unappeasable. You can never appease some. You see it. Slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness but denying its power. We're, the, the message is, look, all these crazy things are happening out there, and you're watching, you're going, oh my gosh, and people are trying to put out there that they're actually godlier and better than you because they're more accepting. They're woke. Y'all aren't woke. That's the problem. That, that's what's being said. What God, what God would say is they're blind and they can't see the truth. But they think it's right. And they think you need to agree with them. And we're the only ones who have the truth. And even when we have the truth, Satan is trying to come and tell us, did he really say it? Let me distract you from your Bibles. Let me distract you. Let me de-emphasize the importance. Let's make it so important that sports are so important that you don't take your kids to worship most of the time. Because they have a 0.00 something chance of being a professional athlete and becoming rich and famous one day. Somebody has a quote about the percentages there, which is extremely small. And then there's a 100% chance they'll stand before Christ. Which one do you want to prepare them for? In Jude 17 through 23, Jude says this, But you must remember, beloved, the prediction of the, apostle, of the apostles of the Lord Jesus Christ. They said to you, in the last time, there will be scoffers. How many of you hear scoffers when you try to share the truth or as truth comes, they just scoff at it? Don't be surprised. We were told 2,000 years ago it would happen. Shouldn't surprise us. Following their, ungodly their own ungodly passions. It is these who cause divisions. Worldly people, devoid of the Spirit. Jude's telling you, you see all the divisions? It's worldly people. They don't have the Spirit. Just don't be surprised by it. But beloved, here's what you're to do, Christians. Building yourself up in the most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that it leads to eternal life. Have mercy on those who doubt. Save others by snatching them out of the fire. To others show mercy with fear, hating even the garment stained by flesh. What Jude would say to us is, but you guys, don't worry about the world acting like the world. You don't act like the world. You act like the church. You be the followers of Jesus. You pray in the Holy Spirit. Building up in the Holy Faith means studying your Bibles, listening, reading sermons, listening to sermons, reading books, growing up so you know when God says something, He said it and He meant it. And you know it. 
That's your job. And then be a testimony. That's what he says there, going on, right? We're going to snatch those. We're having mercy on people who are doubting, so we want to be gentle and explain things. On those who are about to perish, we're going to snatch them out of the fire. We've got to fight. As, as if, as, as Spurgeon would say, as if it depends all on us. We're going to fight and pour out our lives. But then lay our heads down knowing that the fight is all his. That's where we've got to be. So in those seven things, I have a ton of verses for you to go home and read, and there's even more than these. These are just some verses. So let me help you. The, the thing is, did God really say? Yeah, God really said. Six-day creation. He really did. Go home and read about it. It's amazing. That he created everything with order and purpose and meaning. God really did say there are two genders. And no, you cannot be an animal. And no, you cannot be a plant. They are different. God really did say it. Go read about it. God really did say that marriage is between one woman and one man, and all sexual activity should be done there. Everything else is sin. He really did say it. He really did say that we are made both in the image of God, male and female, but we have different roles, and we shouldn't shy away from those. And our culture, friends, is attacking that one in particular, especially men, trying to take men down to be some wussy little person instead of a man who leads and follows like Adam should have done, been right there and stepped in the way and said, what's up, snake? You want to talk to my wife? You're going through me right here. Instead of like, oh, I'm tired. Yeah, go ahead and handle that, babe. What? You bring me food too? All right, amen. Ah, no. Not us. Not us. Not us as Christians. Men, we're not doing that. We're stepping in the way. We're saying we're going to lay down our lives for our wives and our children, and we are going to stand in the way and say, God has designed it this way. And our wives, made from the rib, come alongside, and we do this thing together with the children underneath, and we glorify our God with the way He's created things. And if that sounds weird to you, I hate to tell you this, and you're here today, you've bought into the world. You've been brainwashed by the world. God's Word is clear on it. You've been brainwashed. Yes, God's word really does say, we use the word racism, again, it doesn't even make sense, but that'd be like us being against angels, I guess. You're against the race of angels, that doesn't make sense. But discrimination off of ethnicities is wrong and sinful, but there, it is good to have diversity. Scripture really does say that. Abortion, killing of the innocent, taking of their blood, babies are really babies in the womb, all these things, God really did say that. So we believe it. And lastly, there really is purpose for all of us. Every human being has purpose. Everybody with a heartbeat has purpose. You have purpose. God really did say that. He really did send his son for you. He really did. Jesus really did die for you. Jesus really did rise for you. God really did say that he's going to use the Word of God and the Spirit of God to make you look more like His Son. So keep holding on and keep going. He's really, really, really working. He also said He's coming back. He really did say it. And He really is coming back. He really did say He's making the heavens and the earth new. And there will be no more tears, no more pain, no more death, no more suffering. He really did say it. And it really is true. You are made in the image of God. He really did say it. 
So let's keep working together to reflect his glory and have Jesus, by his word, where he really did say things, wipe more and more away together so we can reflect greatly as a church here in Cedar Key. Amen? Amen. For guests, same thing for you at your churches. Go reflect when you're away from us, but we're thankful you're with us today. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your grace, love, and mercy. We thank you for your word, Lord. We're thankful that your word is living and active and it is sure and it is true and it does not change because you do not change. But Lord, we know that we grow cold, we get distracted, we doubt. Lord, help us not to get distracted. Help us to look at your word and look to you and not listen to our flesh, the world, or the devil. Help us to fight for what's good, all linked to your word, no matter what comes, because God, you have said the world will hate us because it hated you first. All who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will face persecution. And we say, let it be if that's your will, but give us the strength to endure. Lord, if those here, there are those here who do not know you, I pray they would cry out to you and trust in Jesus as their Savior today. That he died for them to take the wrath of God and he rose for them. Lord, bless us in Jesus' name. Amen.